0: is
1: real there's power in your name we trust in your ways we Jesus
0: is real everyone's got someone to blame and I just say hey listen people are just being people people have been people as long as God has had people on the earth but guess what God is still God and rather than, you know, kind of submersing ourselves in all the negativity, let's just look up and say, God, you're God over all this stuff. And you know what? People are going to be shady, but you know, God, you're God. And not that we should allow shadiness to continue. We need to fight against it. We don't need to be made negative by it.
1: People are going to let you down. It's unavoidable. We ourselves will let others down. A constant comfort is the reminder that God is not people. He'll never let us down. And in Pastor Daniel's message today, Laban tries to swindle Jacob out of what he's owed. But God works through the deal with his father-in-law to prosper Jacob in spite of it, forever faithful. Now here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Genesis, chapter 30, verse 25. with part one of his message entitled, The Prosperity of Jacob. Jesus
0: is we studied and saw what I like to call the baby wars. Jacob's two wives, Rachel and Leah, decided that the way to make sure that Jacob loved them was to have children, and so, sure enough, Leah started bearing children, and then when things weren't working out, and Rachel was barren, then, of course, Rachel gave her handmaiden, and then Jacob started having babies with her, and then Leah gave her handmaiden, and then finally, and we ended last week, with God's provision for Rachel. And it's interesting, as we've been going through the book of Genesis, we know that Rachel's firstborn was, of course, Joseph. And we know that Joseph is going to be the main character at the end of the book of Genesis. The firstborn of Rachel who had been barren. And Sarah, Rebecca, and now, of course, Rachel, all struggle with barrenness. And really, the Bible, from cover to cover, is about God's way of bringing fruitfulness from barrenness. God is just really good at that. It's so often when things are not going well or when struggles are happening or things just don't seem to be working out, it's so easy to forget that when things aren't going the way you think they ought to go, that you're a prime candidate for a miracle. That's what the eyes of faith do. It tells you that when things are going wrong, it's a glorious opportunity for God to be God. And that totally changes the coloring or the, the hue of circumstances that seem negative. When you look at it, you say, you know what? This is an opportunity for God to be God. For me to see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. But so often our circumstances are so overwhelming that we miss that. We miss that these situations are opportunities for God. So we've just seen, through the first 24 verses of Genesis 30, which we looked at last week, we've seen God's provision of offspring for Jacob. Now, as we move into 25 and following, we're going to see God's material provision for Jacob and his family. So let's just jump right on in. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 25, it says this, and it came to pass When Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children, from whom I have served you, and let me go, for you know my service, which I have done for you. And Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake." So now Jacob, his house is full, he's got his wives, he's got his children, and he says, Laban, listen, I've been serving you, it's been at least 14 years at this point, let me go back home. Let me go back and see my, my parents. Let me go back to the land that had been promised to my grandfather, Abraham, to my father Isaac, let me go home. And Laban says, listen, Jacob, can you stay? Because I have learned that I have been blessed because you're here. Now you know I'm going to make an application there. You know that, right? I hope you know that. That I can't miss an opportunity to make this application that would to God that the people who we work for, whose family we're a part of, all these things, that they would be blessed by God because of our presence. It was that way for Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar was blessed because of the service of Daniel in his life. You think about, of course, uh, Joseph. Potiphar is going to be blessed. The Pharaoh is going to be blessed because of Joseph's presence. And as employees, neighbors, would to God that we would be praying for our neighbors and we'd be seeking God's blessing in their lives. And that people would say, listen, I don't want you not to be a part of my life because God has blessed me since you've been in my life. I believe that's part of what it means to be salt and light. It means that we are meant to be people who are dispensers of God's blessing and grace because of what God is doing in our lives. See, that's the thing. Our lives, as God is working through our lives and through the circumstances of our lives, that the overflow of that should be grace spilling out on people. God's blessings spilling out on people because we're there standing in the gap for people saying, Lord, will you bless my boss? Will you bless my company? And as you're blessing it, we let them know that the reason they're being blessed is because I'm praying? Because you are in my heart? Laban's saying, Jacob, look, don't leave. I know that I'm blessed because you're here. Stay around. So different, of course, than people being like, I can't wait for someone to get out of my life. You're misery to me. None of that here. Laban's like, Jacob, please don't go. So look what happens in verse 28. Then he said, this is Laban, name me your wages and I will give it. And so Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little And it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? So he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs And the spotted and speckled among the goats And these shall be my wages So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come When the subject of my wages comes before you Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats And brown among the lambs Will be considered stolen if it is with me And Laban said Oh that it were according to your word So There's a negotiation going on here for Jacob's wages. And it's interesting because Jacob says, you know, when I got here, you didn't have a whole lot. Now that I've been here, God's blessed you because I'm here. You know, and and on one hand, you could say, well, that was really humble of Jacob. You know, he's got a nice little bit of modesty. But the reality is, is that he was able to see the tangible hand of God here. And you know, it's not immodest to say, hey, God's blessed you. And I've been able to be involved in that. That's not immodest. That's actually truthful. know, so giving Jacob the benefit of the doubt, the reality is he's saying, look, we've seen what's gone on. So he says to him, listen, God's blessed you because I'm here. But I want to be able to provide for my own family as well. And so Laban says again, hey, so what should I do for you? And Jacob says, look, give me all of the speckled and spotted and brown livestock. Now, you can imagine that the speckled, spotted, and brown livestock wasn't as prestigious as the pure white-colored ones and the, and the dark-colored ones. So he's like, look, give me the B-grade livestock, and that will be mine. Let's pass through the flock, we'll take all of those out, and there'll be no problem. And Laban thinks to himself, hey, this is a good deal. Look what he says in verse 34. Oh, that it were according to your word. Laban realized, hey, I'm getting a deal here. Jacob's good. So what happens in verse 35? So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had some white in it and all the brown ones among the lambs and gave them into the hands of his sons. Then he put three days journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. You see what just happened? They just made a deal that Jacob was going to get all the speckled and spotted and brown And what did Laban do? He went through the flocks. He took them all out. He gave them to his sons. And he put three days journey in between them and the rest of the flocks. That's what you call being a scoundrel. That's what he did. He made a deal. He pulled them all out. He put three days in between them. He went right from the get-go. Went right up against what he had promised. Jacob's being deceived by Laban. Right away. And it's ironic, of course, because... Jacob kind of did the same thing with his brother's blessing, didn't he? Where he had a big charade, song and dance before his dad, put on Esau's clothes, put some goat's hair because he was, wasn't a hairy guy, like Esau and myself. And so, in some ways, Jacob is get, he's reaping what he sowed. He's getting deceived as well. But you know what's beautiful about this? Is that God is still God, even when people are being people. Some of us need to write that down. God is still God, even when people are being people. Because so often, people do shady things. Now, we shouldn't excuse it when they do shady things. But if we believe the Bible, we should remember that people are shady by nature. That if it's not for the grace of God, shadiness prevails. So even when people are being shady, God is still God. And God is still sovereign. And God's plans cannot be thwarted by shady people. And I think, especially in the day and age we're living in right now, in America, where everyone wants to blame the other shady guy. So you go in one circle and they want to blame Wall Street. And then other people want to blame Washington, D.C. And they want to blame the Republicans. And they want to blame the Democrats. We want to blame... The Illuminati or whatever your issue is, you know? The United Nations and everyone's got someone to blame. And I just say, hey, listen, people are just being people. People have been people as long as God has had people on the earth. But guess what? God is still God. And rather than, you know, kind of submersing ourselves in all the negativity, let's just look up and say, God, you're God over all this stuff. And you know what? People are going to be shady. But you know what, God, you're God. And not that we should allow shadiness to continue. We need to fight against it, but we don't need to be made negative by it. We don't need to be made embittered by it. Because God is God, even when people are being people. You know, and so many of us have learned this in our lives, that people are going to let you down. It'd be great if it wasn't so, but for so many of us, we've been around the block enough to know that that's just the way it is. But God never lets somebody down. God always shows up, shows himself strong, meets us in the midst of calamity, and gives us hope. And as brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ, it's my prayer that we remind each other of that when things go wrong. When people are shady and people are hurt, we come and we hug people and we love on people and we remind them that I'm so sorry that that happened, but you know, God's going to do something through this. That Romans 8.28, for we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, for those who are the called according to his purpose, that that always sits in our Bibles there in Romans 8.28. It never, it never leaves the page. It never leaves the heart of God. It's always there. No matter what's going on. You can imagine Jacob here. He's saying, look, I have all these sons and I have all these wives. And, you know, I want to provide for my family. And Laban just totally worked me over. Total scoundrel. And he could be totally bitter and totally angry. And God, why'd you let this happen? He could do all these things. For so many of us, we've rolled over on life because people have been shady in our midst. But God asks all of us to take our eyes off of the world around us and put our eyes at the cross where God's love and faithfulness is found. And through the lens of the cross, the finished work, the death and resurrection of Jesus, we view the world through that cross. And we see someone being shady and we confront them in love. But we also have forgiveness available for them. Why? Because Jesus died and rose again. And we view a world that's full of shadiness with total hope that God can bring beauty out of ashes, that the Almighty One, because of who He is, is working things together for good for those who love Him, for those who are His children. And although it looks like shadiness prevails, God further prevails. And that is a hope that the body of Christ needs to not only believe, but live out in a world that wants hope and can't find it. So important for us. Laban is totally being shady, but God has a plan. Look at what happens. As this continues on in verse 37, Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar, And the almond and chestnut trees peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaks speckled and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the streak and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flocks. So it came to pass, whenever the stronger livestock conceived, that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. And when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus, the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Now, Jacob, he's just a human. So he's like, man, we're going to fight fire with fire. That's what he's thinking here. So he has an idea. Now, he talks about taking these trees and peeling back the stripes there's a lot of discussion, scholarly discussion about exactly what this means. And I'll be honest with you, I've never breeded cattle in my life. So, you know, I'm just going on the things that I've read. Okay, I've never even seen it done. Don't necessarily want to. I like eating it when it's on the table, but I don't want to see all that stuff personally. That's just me. But the reality is, is in effect, it would seem that for, for shepherds in that day, there was a belief Some sort of folklore that if they visualized multicolors, then they would conceive multicolored livestock. That's pretty much what's going on there. Now, in a lot of ways, this is like, remember the mandrakes of last, of last study where, where they thought it would, it would help with fertility. And so Rachel traded sexual favors with Jacob for Leah's son's mandrakes. Do you remember that? And everyone's like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't really know. But the reality is, is that she thought it was, it was like superstition. If I eat these mandrakes, then I'll be fertile and then I can have a child. And it was interesting that she ate the mandrakes, but Leah got pregnant. So there goes that. And in a lot of ways, Jacob is doing the same thing. He's using folklore superstition by placing these rods that have multicolored and they're putting them in where they drank. And so that, that when, they, when they would have sexual relations, because they were visualizing this multicolored thing, then all the children would be multicolored. It'd be like if 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 you if you want to have a child and you just think Justin Bieber is the cutest guy in the world, and so you're looking at a picture of Justin Bieber, hoping you have a little boy who's got Bieber fever or something. I mean, it's a horrible example, but it's like that's kind of what it, it's what's going on here. And I know all of you are just praying that your children have Bieber fever, as if they needed any help. You're like, be like Bieber fever, and don't worry about it. Don't Google it. But you see what's going on. Jacob is like, listen, if Laban is going to try and rip me off, then I'm going to work this guy over. That's what he's thinking. So he has this plan, having speckled things in front of their eyes. But the reality is, is that actually God prospers this. This. Because Jacob is doing selective breeding, the stronger of the of the livestock, he's breeding the feebler one, he's placing aside and letting Laban keep the feebler one. And in verse 43, we find out that although Jacob is scheming, he became exceedingly prosperous. He had large flocks, males, female servants, and camels and donkeys. So what we find out is that once again, even though Jacob isn't always right, even though he does a million things wrong, God's grace is still upon his life because God has chosen him. And isn't that something we've seen all the way through this Patriarchs series? Abraham made mistakes, but yet God blessed him. Isaac made mistakes, yet God blessed him. Jacob made mistakes, yet God blessed him. Why? Because it's about faith apart from works. It's about grace rather than performance. And it's so hard for us because we so much want to do it, we want to be blessed by performance, don't we? Now, that doesn't mean we should let our the way we live go to the wayside, but the reality is, is you'll never work your way into God's blessing. You are blessed by God because God is gracious by nature. And we want to honor him so that we can walk in freedom before him, but not one of our performances put God in our debt. So many of us act that way. Like, if I don't do X, Y, and Z, then God's going to give me X, Y, and Z. As if you can make God a debtor to you because of your good works. And the Christian gospel is, no matter how hard you try, and we need to try, we are not blessed by the works that we do. We are blessed by the pure, sheer grace of God. And that's the gospel. And for so many of us, we begin... By grace, but we want to be made perfect by works We're like the Galatians And we think, if I just do X, Y, and Z Then the blessings of God will be in my life But the reality is, is us walking in obedience Doesn't make the blessings of God happen It just prepares the way so they flow without any hindrance God's blessings are in your and my life Because of the finished work of Jesus Period Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And you know what's interesting? Everything without Jesus equals what? Nothing. If you have Jesus, you have everything. You are God's child. You are under his grace. And I know, listen, believe me, I know that that is a radical thing to say. But that's the gospel. I mean, if you look at Paul's letters, Paul's letters are continually helping churches realize this. It's not by works. It's by grace. Because God is a blessed and loving and gracious God despite who we are. And we see it again here in the life of Jacob. We see it in the life of Moses. We're going to see it in the life of David. We're going to see it in the life of Gideon. We're going to see it in the life of the apostles. Paul, all of these people, Mary Magdalene, all of these people received the blessings of God Surely, because God is a blessed person, and he loves to bestow blessing. I hope we always keep that in mind. So what happens now? Look at chapter 31, beginning in verse 1. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban And indeed it was not favorable towards him as before Then the Lord said to Jacob Return to the land of your fathers And to your family And I will be with you So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah To the field, to his flock And said to them I see your father's countenance That is not favorable towards me as before But the God of my father has been with me And you know That with all my might I have served your father, yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore speckled.
1: Jesus is real. We can never escape shady people in the world. As Jacob prepared to leave Laban's house, the two made a deal for Jacob's payment. But Laban tried to swindle him, but God was faithful, providing a way for Jacob to take what he had earned. Giving is one of the central themes in the Bible. Believe it or not, it's the main subject of nearly half of the parables that Jesus taught. Like prayer and serving others, money is an outlet of spiritual power. When it's released into ministry, God does amazing things with it. To understand what it means to be a Christ follower, we must also understand what it means to be a giver. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly supporter of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus is Real podcast. Log on to Jesusisrealradio.com. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will tackle the issue of envy as we hear about Laban's jealousy of Jacob's prosperity. It's a serious matter when we can't rejoice with someone as they receive blessing. We don't compete for God's affections. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series entitled Patriarchs, until then may God bless
0: Real,